Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Another happy pod. Hello and welcome to fuck. I was going to say your opinions. <laughs> for those who don't know, Nathan just attempted to intro our old podcast that we haven't recorded for two years. That is thoroughly dead. Uh, it was a fun <laughs> podcast, but this is not that podcast. This is a new podcast. Uh, another happy pod, brought to you but a by, by Lawrence Thomas Icy and Nathan James Bauer. Is your middle my, name James? No, I don't even have a middle name. So. <laughs> I, I didn't know. <laughs> no, my family were too poor to afford a middle name, so we ju- I just got oh, the two. Although every other sibling I have has a middle name, but it's literally maybe, just me with. Maybe you were the one that they didn't want, so they, they hated they just me. Didn't give you one. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The less the less information about this man, the better. Anyway, do you want to um, give a quick rundown of what the fuck this is, Lawrence? Okay, uh, so Nathan and I have recorded many podcasts in the past. Um, most, most of which have never us. seen the light of day. Yeah, I think one of them has, uh, despite my attempts at trying to bury it. Um, <laughs> and it's still on YouTube. Um, but yeah, most of them have failed. So this is why we're kind of trying to take this one a little bit more seriously. Uh, the premise is another happy pod where we talk about movies, well, that's the films. Name, not the premise. That, right, but well, I'm, get, I'm getting there. All right. Jesus. Now you've got me blaspheming on the pod as well. Um, <laughs> uh, so the premise of the pod uh, is um, the title, which is another happy pod. Uh, hopefully we will be bringing some positivity to movies, games, TV, any kind of media related outlets that we enjoy. Uh, there's a lot of people on podcast platforms just kind of shitting on things. So we try to uh, keep it a little bit more positive. And it, it can be fun to shit on things and, and poke fun at that sort of stuff. And we probably will do that as well, a little bit here and yeah. there. But like the oh, overall foc- the overall focus of this is just to focus on like why we like stuff and, and why we enjoyed watching and playing and doing whatever to this stuff. 
That sounds a bit well, you, weird. you you pitched it to me, didn't you? Where you said it's you know there's so many movie lovers podcasts out there that just literally exclusively talk about hating movies. Yeah, because ex- I find it weird when people say they love cinema, they love movies, but literally all they do is talk shit on everything and just say I fucking hate that, I fucking hate blah blah blah. And it just seems. It's true. Are you sure you love movies, or do you just like complaining? <laughs> because and some some movies warrant it, but then there's other ones that are so bad that they're good and etc. Like it puts them in a kind of box, and there's there's many genres that can be many different things you can you can think the worst horror movie in the world is brilliant not because it scares you but because it's basically more of a comedy so there's yeah. avenues that you can enjoy these things in exactly even in the worst movie there's always stuff you can find to enjoy a perfect example of that is fucking the room one of the worst movies ever made but people fucking love that it's great there's there's screenings of that that go on like every month um of every year essentially they just edit. probably not probably not so much of this year but most years yeah. No, perhaps not. Yeah. But yeah, we're recording this remotely. We're being safe, safe and secure. Uh, even if we weren't in a pandemic, we'd be recording remotely because Nathan lives in the desolate wasteland of Hull, uh, and I live in the vibrant, booming city of Central London. <laughs> you, you fuck, live in Central London. Okay, fine. Do you want to tell people what we're doing today? Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about the movie Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, I feel like a lot of people... Uh, just kind of like, yeah, it's all right, or just kind of missed this one. Um, I really like Solo. I think it's a, a really good movie, so yeah, I'm excited to talk about I it. I like Solo too. I think I think when it came out, it was there were so many rumours about the like the main actor's acting ability. There was the director switchover. It was going to be directed by Lord and Miller, then changed to Ron Howard. So there was a lot of hearsay about the quality of it and if if Disney were poking their noses in too much and blah, blah, blah. So a lot of people already were kind of on board to not like it before it had even come out. Yeah, I think that is one of the the problems of this movie. Um, Just all the drama and controversy surrounding the making of it, Um, which, depending on the circumstance, shouldn't really have much to do with the overall final product. But again, it's a case-by-case situation. The thing is, though... I guess um, Lords and Miller already had like a good reputation um, because they'd they'd done uh, comedies and stuff. They did Lego Movie just before this, um, and people were excited. Was that just before this? Well, I say just before it, but it was a couple of years, and then it was announced. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, Lego Movie came out in 2014, and this came out in 2018, I think. So I think yeah, I think it was 2018. Yeah, about that. Uh, Yeah, we've clearly done our research. (laughs) <laughs> Clearly, yeah. I like I like solo. I think it's interesting. Uh, the main the main thing for me, because um, it, it was very much so one of those movies when it was announced. I kind of was sat there and going, okay, I'll accept it, but it's not it's not this like the solo um, the solo kind of outing that I wanted from Disney in terms of Star Wars. There's a lot of pro- uh, there's a lot of characters that I think could be uh, more deserving of their own solo movie. That's there, another but- thing as well. Yeah, there's. Uh, of the stories that should have been told, I'm not necessarily certain that Solo, a young Han Solo movie, should have been one of them. Um, yeah. And I think that a lot of people were also thinking that. So right from the get-go, this movie had a lot going against it, really. Um, and um, Harrison Ford's kind of iconic uh, portrayal of Han Solo is oh yeah, exactly. is very hard to match up with. <laughs> In, recasting Harrison Ford is an impossible task, even if he's like... 40, I don't know how old Harrison Ford is at the moment, but 40 or so years younger, it's still an impossible task to do. So no matter who you chose, it was going to be the wrong person in someone's eyes. Well, there's 
on um on YouTube, if you uh, if you look it up, there's still videos of people that are saying like like titles like fixing Han Solo, and it's and they just basically deep fake Harrison Ford's face into um is it it's Alden I don't know how to pronounce his surname Alden Ironreich I think it's not what I was I didn't want that yeah why would you want that I mean you and McGregor looks nothing like Alec McGuinness. But I don't think that matters, because like, it still works for me. I still buy it. I still think it's the same person. Yeah, okay, sure. There's a little bit of time hand-waving sort of thing in the fact that he aged like 60 years and 20 years. But sure, that's just that's just a product of, of making movies and, and casting yeah. different people in general. Um, no, and that's that's the big thing with Solo as well. Once you get past like the little things, like you're saying, the stuff that shouldn't really factor into the movie, yeah, um, and you just enjoy it as a product of what it is, then you you're gonna have a much better time with Solo. I think. But saying that as well, even with everything going against Alden Ironreich, even with you know Han Solo being such a beloved character and everyone loving Harrison Ford and the way he played him, I still think. Alden did his research and he did a great job of playing Han Solo because there's like certain little mannerisms and like movements, like the flick of his hand and everything like that, which he just absolutely nails that Harrison Ford does as well. The first line you hear him speak in the movie is this is nothing like is he's just he's just escaped a bit of a fight and he's got a bruise on him. And he yeah. says, oh, this is nothing. You should see the other guys. And it's perfect. Like it, it fits so well with the character. Um, I don't know if you know who Jamie Coster is, but he's just like someone who... Uh, basically does uh, voice impersonations and and really good ones. Don't want to discredit him at all. He does really good ones. Um, and there was a lot of talk of, like people should hire. Well, Disney should hire someone like him who can just really nail the impersonation of Harrison Ford. But yeah, do you really just want someone doing an impression for two hours? But that's not the point. Yeah, you don't want. That's the thing. You don't want that because of the main reason. If you're seeing a Han Solo movie set, how many years before A New Hope is this supposed to be set? Like. Uh, I think initially, like in the scenes at the beginning of the movie, I think initially it's five years after Revenge of the Sith, I believe. Yeah, exactly. So you've but got then, another, what, 15 or so years there? Well, yeah, but then the bu- the bulk of the movie is set another three years after that, I think. I think I think the main bulk of the movie is around 10 years before A New Hope. I might be wrong there, but I think, yeah. Also, a lot of, a lot of changing and growing happens in 10 years. And if you're going to oh, get definitely. a new story uh, with Han Solo at a younger age, you want to see him not being the same person. You want to see how he becomes the person that you know so well in the original trilogy. Exactly. You got the sense that he, he yeah, he wasn't the Han we know in in a new hope because he's not that person yet he's still got to grow into that but in the beginning of this movie he's incredibly naive and foolish he still oh, yeah. thinks he's he's in love with this girl he thinks he's gonna like escape from this planet go on rule the world live a happy life together he's so fucking naive and obviously we know that's not what happens at all his real life is much more tragic and in some cases happier than that but yeah that's that's part of like you believed Alden genuinely thought he that's what he was going to do if that makes sense yeah yeah you could see he was kind of he still had that kind of hopeful spirit and then at the end of the movie when things don't particularly go his way I mean he still comes out somewhat on top but he learns a lot of lessons and you can tell that he's he's a lot closer to the A New Hope Harrison Ford um or to Han Solo sorry uh than he is at the beginning so uh what else in in Solo stood out to you what did you enjoy because you just recently watched it, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, so one of the main things I actually really liked, uh, and I, I liked it a lot more in the second time round, was Paul Bettany in this movie. Okay. I really like him. I think it's it's refreshing. I know, obviously, 
a lot of the time Star Wars like to have these big villains that are, you know, the all powerful Sith. Like they they like to have them the most powerful thing in existence at that time. Yeah. In this movie, Paul Bettany's just a bit of a deranged bloke. And I really, really like that. I thought it was quite refreshing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He's he's just he's it is I get what you're saying, it is nice to have a bit of a change from you know, Darth Vader and Darth Maul and Solo, Ben Solo and everything like that, who are like these mm. maniac uh, lightsaber-wielding villains who yeah. it's nice to to have just a guy who eats caviar and threatens your life, essentially. Um, yeah. Was yeah. It the, the, I think the introduction to him is, um, uh, I've got it down somewhere, but he's, oh yeah, that one of his um, people, uh, one of his like kind of people working for him says, Oh, he's just finishing up a diplomatic meeting with the governor, and it just hard cuts into him stabbing the shit out. Of him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's, I really enjoyed it. I think one of the things as well, everything with him, uh, with Paul Bettany, is entirely reshot um, because originally uh, his character wasn't his character was in the movie, but it was slightly different. It was played by um, Michael Vick Williams, I think. Really? I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when they came back for the reshoots with Ron Howard instead of Lord and Miller, uh, he was committed to another role, so he couldn't return. Uh, so they just, uh, not essentially recast, but rewrote the role. I think Michael Vick Williams, if that is who I'm thinking of, uh, was originally supposed to be more alien-like from uh, yeah. what I understand. Um and Paul Bettany is still kind of alien like, but much more human looking though. Well he's essentially what he is is a human with face tattoos, really. It's yeah, not... but they glow as well though. Well they, well, they right, they glow, but he's still he's not like in heavy <laughs> prosthetics. It's not like Simon no. Pegg in a new hope who's unrecognizable. Oh, well, not yeah. a new hope, sorry, Force Awakens. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think I've got it here actually. Oh, where is this? Uh Dryden Voss original concept art portrayed him as a dinosaur bird like figure. With the oh development of a love triangle between him, Han, and Kira, his design became more humanoid, majestic, and handsome in order to evoke, evoke more jealousy from Han. So, yeah, I don't know what that would have looked like. Um, Fuck me. <laughs> just some big fucking bird thing walking around. Just a, a dinosaur, a T-Rex, and Han Solo's <laughs> getting jealous over Um No, I, I, think they, I think changing that, they've really done the movie... Uh, you know, a, a favor there. Uh, cause like I said, I think he's, he's probably like, obviously aside from Han Solo, yeah. he's probably my favorite part of the movie. All of his scenes I really enjoyed. And he had the kind of, um, he had the kind of character where you start a scene with him and by the end of it, he could have murdered you and everyone around you, or he could have poured you a drink and told you a story. Like he, it could have gone in any kind of way, which I really, really enjoyed. Whereas a lot of Star Wars villains have the, like I said, you, you go there, you know there's going to be a lightsaber fight and one of them's either going to die or they're both going to have an inconvenience that means they have to escape. And I, I think he kind of embodied a lot of the stuff that they were naive to. Like Kira's uh, relationship in this film or um, kind of progression in this film, she says, oh, I you know, Han says, how did you escape? And, he's, and she says, I didn't. And then you realise she's just traded in kind of one prick in Lady, is it Lady Proxima? I think Lady Proxima, yeah. Yeah, she's just traded in one prick for another one, but the difference is this one drinks cocktails and wears suits, and that's that's it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. She she says it perfectly. She hasn't escaped. She's still in the life. She's still working that life essentially. Um, you you haven't watched uh, Clone Wars or anything, have you? So you don't know 
much of the backstory behind like Black Sun and uh, Crimson Dawn and everything like that, do you? No, I know, I know, a, I know a little bit more about Crimson Dawn uh, that it's like a kind of crime syndicate operation. I think Darth Maul heads it, right? Is that yeah, is that right? yeah, Darth that's, Maul, and that's basically it. I, I don't know anything about the other one. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because that's it's not explored hugely in Clone Wars, just a little bit, and uh, in the last season of Clone Wars as well, uh, Dryden Voss, Paul Bettany actually gets a little cameo in appearance only. Like Paul Bettany doesn't voice anything. But just the actual like character of him does make a brief appearance, which was pretty cool. Okay. It's nice to see that um, that like this story is getting a bit of a legacy and it's showing up in other places as Star Wars as well. I, I kind of quite like that. Yeah, I like that. Disney were very very quick to attempt to brush it under the rug as if it never happened. I think this the because this failed. This this lost them quite a bit of money, didn't it? I don't it, think it broke I don't even. think I don't think it it was a huge flop. I, it, it definitely didn't make as much money as it should have done, as a Star Wars movie yeah. should have done. I think a lot of the reason for that, though, was like the the release of it, like coming out in May, um, as opposed to... Oh, it was the first one that didn't get a December, wasn't it? Well, the first, since the Disney acquisition, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it should have been... It was originally supposed to be a December movie, um, but then they changed it to May. I'm not sure why. Uh, I think it was actually because That's it was weird. a 40th anniversary uh, of something? No, because seventy seven uh, okay. was Star Wars, so it wouldn't have been the fortieth anniversary. I'm not sure. Um but yeah, they changed it to May, which and Bob Iger uh, who is uh, was the CEO of Disney said that, that was his decision. Um and he messed up there, so he's fully admitted to that it definitely should have been a December release. Yeah, that that's kind of I don't know if they did it on purpose, but in Force Awakens, like the kind of climactic battle is set in the snow with blue and red having massive colours. I don't know why, but since I saw The Force Awakens, I just associate Star Wars with Christmas. I don't know I don't know if that was a conscious choice. I don't, I don't um, think it was, necessarily. I've li- well, That's literally the first time I've ever heard that, but I quite like it. Really? I see. I, I like I like viewing it in that way, with the, the blue and the red in glowing snow. I, 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 I like it. Um, yeah. What did you think of everyone else in this movie? Because there's there's quite a big Donald Glover is right. So we got uh, so we've got em- Emilia Clarke as Kira. We've got Donald Glover as Lando. We've got um, Woody Harrelson as Tobias Beckett. We've got John Favreau as oh, I can't remember his fucking name now. The little uh, lizard monkey guy. And then we got Tandy uh, Newton. As Rio. Well. Rio. Rio. Cool. That's it. Yeah. Rio. And then we got Tandy Newton as Val. Chewie. Juntus. Which one? Say again. Chewy, Chewbacca. Oh, of course, yeah, because they um they um obviously not out of choice, but they recasted him for this role, didn't they? Well, no, um, it wasn't necessary for this role. It was like um for the Force Awakens they did it. It was in the Force Awakens. Chewy was played by Peter Mayhew for any scene where Chewbacca was sitting down, um, and yeah. then the more action heavy stuff was. Uh, can't, I can't say his name. It's like Swedish or something. Uh, yeah, Juntas? Juntas? Something? Is it Juntas? I thought yeah, it was Jason. It's, no, it's definitely not Jason. Let me just put it up. Where am I getting swear. Jason from? Where are you getting Jason from? Let me just pull know. this up now. Junas. Um, Junas. Junas Sutamo. Okay. Junas Sumato. He, do, yeah. he does a good and job. I mean, obviously, I know you can't, you can't tell who's playing Chewbacca normally, but... Considering there was a no. transition period, I didn't really feel like there was one. It's the mannerisms were down. Like I think, I think Chewbacca was actually one of the highlights of this movie as well, or the friendship between Han Solo and Chewbacca. 
And I think that's what you want. I think the goal of that is to make sure the audience can't tell the difference, essentially. Um, yeah. You want to make sure that it's still... That Chewbacca is still the same person. It doesn't come across like he's been recast. Because, I mean, it'd be difficult to get that to come across. But, yeah, the Dream Test did do a good job. He worked really closely with Peter Mayhew on the set. Obviously, now, for sad reasons, the role is just his entirely. Um, but yeah. yeah, he's a good choice. He's a really good choice, and he's fucking taller as well. So then, <laughs> I think that's why he's the best choice. I think he's like rid- <laughs> he's one of the most ridiculously tall actors working. He wasn't even an actor. I think he was um, he was a basketball player. Um, oh really? Yeah, he was a basketball player, and then um, like someone from Disney or Lucasfilm, or whatever, were just scouting people who could potentially take on the more action heavy elements of this role. Um, yeah, and I think Star Wars was the first act that he did. I think he loves he loves to be there as well. He's so oh, active he on does. Twitter and stuff. He anytime John Boyega posts anything, he's like, "Yeah, man, this was fun." You see as well, like anytime <laughs> uh, Star Wars or like Lucasfilm will post anything on Instagram or Disney, you just see him in the comments just talking about how much he loves it. It's just so cute, yeah. and exciting, bless him. What well, I mean, hero. think about it. Like you, we don't know. He was probably a Star Wars fan, and if you you grow up, you play professional basketball or something, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're playing Chewbacca. It's a bit of a, a you know a career U turn. So he's probably having a great time. Oh, and he's fucking raking it in as well. So there we oh go. yeah, oh that's I didn't even think about that. Actually. Yeah, he's probably making ridiculous amounts of money at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's um, why he's doing it. He's just keeping Disney sweet. Everything they post, he's like, yeah, man, completely agree. Love this company. <laughs> Pay me. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, but what, what you said, though, about the, the relationship between Han and Chewie, that kind of, like, almost like bickering like a married couple, um, it's just, it's it's something they nailed, because there's the moment, what am I thinking of? There's the uh, the moment um, where they just have, like, the kind of the back and forth, and they're just, the, the fight, essentially, at the beginning, um, where they, they're coming together as strangers, um, and obviously Chewie's trying to kill Han or not, well, eat him essentially, but then they have yeah. that moment of just working together where it still doesn't go quite right, it's still them having a little bit of back and forth and a little bit of bickering um, yeah. and yeah, they just sort of like nail that relationship I, I really like it, I think one of the things that I, I became obviously I've known it the whole time since I saw Star Wars when I was young, but I kind of consciously for the first time acknowledged it when I rewatched this movie the choice that they've never ever ever subtitled Chewbacca despite the fact they'll <laughs> subtitle other alien languages yeah um they've never subtitled Chewbacca so it's actually when you think about it it's quite a difficult relationship to establish and establish well for the first time considering you only ever hear what Han says and for all you know Han could be lying like we have to take his word for what Chewbacca's saying <laughs> that's true that's true and there is and it's not like the words aren't there. Like, someone knows what he's saying. The script is written down with what Chewbacca's yeah. actually saying because there's, like, footage of um, the original trilogy, like, uh, behind-the-scenes footage. And Peter Mayhew, he's actually saying the lines. Like, he's saying them in English. And then Really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, so you see Chewbacca, and then you just see this Cockney accent. Well, you just hear this Cockney accent and be like, the Falcon's down, mate. We don't know what we're doing. Oh my god! I've yeah. never heard of that. Yeah, it's 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 strange, but it works. So, so in the, in terms of casting this movie, who else did you like? Um, I what I really liked, and it's this it's the only point of contention uh, for me in this movie. Um, but I like the overall relationship. Is uh, Han and L three played by Phoebe Waller Bridge? Oh yeah, Han uh, and L three. 
not Han Elfrey, sorry, Lando. And yeah, I thought that would be um, weird. Yeah, no, that 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 definitely would have been weird. It would have raised some canon questions. Um, no, I I really liked it. I thought sometimes the character of L three became a little bit of like I like what what the message they were trying to do. Yeah. But I think a lot of it came across as the studio going, put this in, this will get good laughs or good. Um, that that for me that was the only time I kind of saw Disney's over involvement. Um, but at the same time, Phoebe Waller-Bridge can pretty much pull anything off. So I it 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 worked, but I think it could have been dialed down a little bit. It it definitely was a bit uh, very heavy handed, uh, like with mm. the. Well, just what she did in the movie, just the overall droid rights thing and everything like that. And yeah. um, but that being said, the moment on Kessel um, where she just kickstarts that droid revolution, and then you just have a a gonk droid just jumping up and down on the fucking control panel, mate. That was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I loved that moment, man. As as heavy handed as and as silly as it was. It was still, it was still just pretty fun to see a bunch of droids just wrecking shit. Really, yeah, I liked it as well because of the the whole warning that Woody Harrelson um, gave to everyone. You know, don't improvise, stick to the plan, um, and then it just goes completely fucking crazy. Completely um, crazy. Also, um, <laughs> kind of new to Star Wars, and I'm amazed that Disney were on board with it. Um, the very obvious hinting that Lando has fucked the droid. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. something I'm absolutely dumbfounded that Disney agreed to. Um, yeah. But just, it's there now. It's, and it's it undeniable. Yeah, Lando Lando definitely fucked L3. And, uh, I mean, it. I don't know if it makes sense. Does it make sense? Because Lando, he is this just kind of smooth talking weird pirate who he'll do what he needs to do and he obviously likes yeah. to have fun across the galaxy as well um and they what, upped that for this movie as well oh they like, really they, did yeah they like obviously lando in um in empire and return of the jedi is a smooth guy billy d williams kind of plays him quite cool but uh, i think that's but, just because billy d himself is naturally smooth yeah but then, but then Disney obviously then realized how people took Lando, yeah. and then went Donald Glover make him the smoothest man on the planet, <laughs> like, and and they really go for it, and I, I liked it because obviously it's the same thing where you don't want an impression of Billy D Williams, you want the essence of Lando. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. Donald Glover did that very, very well, in my opinion. Donald Glover was really good in this. Uh, the moment where uh, everyone is uh, in the minds of Kessel and they're doing the job, they're freeing the Wookiees, they're getting the coaxium, doing what they need to do, and everything's just going to shit. And it just cuts back to him, essentially just vlogging in the Falcon, reading oh, off the, oh, the, the, the Calrissian, Calrissian Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, that was that was and I like how annoyed he looks when he's interrupted as well. Like there's an explosion that goes off and he's like, What I'm trying to fucking record the Calrissian Chronicles over here. But <laughs> he looks I, annoyed. One thing I loved as well is um, the the not not quite at the end, but more towards the end, once because um, the Falcon when when we see the Falcon it's obviously it's hard it's at this point it's Lando's ship. Um and mm. it's it's pristine. It's nice. It's got like some sort of some sort of body kit on it, which makes it look a little bit different and all nice and smooth. And it's got a fresh paint job and everything. Obviously, the moment Han gets his hands hands on it, it's fucking wrecked. It's destroyed. 
it yeah. looks like a pile of shit. Um, and then there's just that moment where both of them are walking away after they've done the uh, the castle run. They're just walking away through the sand. They just both look at the um, at the wreckage of the falcon. Um, and just that moment between them that I hate you, that moment they have there is just... Oh, it's really perfect, good. yeah. Yeah. It's... I um, Which actually was, brings me um, to the wrap-up point. So I was going to say, do you have any, like, personal highlights of this movie? Um, personal... Like, of the bits that you love the most? Yeah, personal highlights. Uh, it's definitely the, the castle run. I love them. I love the moment where Han just finally gets his hands on the Falcon for the first time. And and you can see that he's not bullshitting. He is a good pilot. He knows exactly what he's doing there, but also mm. that he couldn't have done it without Chewie as well. Chewie got them through that. The, they're a team, essentially. You need them to work together there. Um, yeah, and it's also- the moment where... Um, is it when Kira's sat in the kind of the front seat and yeah. Han's, you know, barking orders and she's like, I clearly don't know what to do and Chewie just jumps in. Yeah, yeah. Like straight away, yeah. And then you find out he's like 190 years old, I think. I think I think it's 109. I could be wrong. No, I think it's 190. Really? Yeah, I think you are wrong. Yeah, I think because I think Wookiees have a good. lifespan of 500 years. Um, Fuck me. Yeah, old boys indeed. Um, and then as well, <laughs> uh, I like the implication as well that he's just completely fucking bullshitting about the castle run. Like, uh, because, oh yeah, because he always like in the new herb. He says the ship that made the castle run in less than fourteen parsecs. Um, sorry, less than twelve parsecs. Um, when the people people think it's the 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 kind of the the myth is that it was fourteen, and he always ends up correcting people saying twelve. And then in this movie, he <laughs> he says it's a round up, doesn't he? Basically, or a round down. Yeah, he says it's a round down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, he's just lying about that as well. Um, but which yeah. is great. I like that. I enjoy that as well. Um, Woody Harrel- I'm not a huge fan of Woody Harrelson in this movie. Um, I think he phones it in a little bit. He he does. Uh, I think it was pretty obvious the way his the way his character was going as well. Um, I knew oh, at yeah. some point Han was going to be betrayed. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be by Kira for the majority of it, but it made sense. Well, he kind of was a it, little bit. A li- not. Mm. She. I mean, they, don't get me wrong. She doesn't. She doesn't double cross him or anything yeah but she I, i'd i'd say she definitely lets him down you, you they made that plan at the end you know this is what we're gonna do and then as soon as he's out of the ship she's like i'm off i think she i think she kind of did that for him though because she didn't want and couldn't let him get involved in that life essentially because it would have well darth maul could have fucked him up so who knows True, and I suppose she is—you know—she's known by Darth Maul on a first-name basis. It's, she's kind of already sold for life now. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I suppose that 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 makes sense. And she she doesn't ever mention him as well, so that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, one of my favorite moments in this, um, I still think, despite the fact the the back is a lot more action-heavy, my yeah. favorite part of this movie is is kind of the first chapter, uh, the kind of before the three-year jump. Um, yeah, and. The main reason for it being is I don't think there's ever been a more on the nose, stupid Han Solo scene than the thermal detonator rock scene, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, which yeah, I really, really like. Yeah, that um, is very much classic uh, Han Solo, just bullshitting his way out of a situation. Yeah, and it works. And I like that he's, despite the fact that he is, at, I know he's a talented pilot, but at the start of it, he is, it's implied and shown that he is a lot shitter than he 
and he makes out he is. Like he's way cockier for someone that has less talent than he does when he's older. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, well, like the moment where Kira says, you, you know, it's too tight. You'll never make that maneuver or whatever. And then he just, he, he makes it and the movies, you know, the, the score is going on. Um, and it's, it's, there's a lot of quick cuts. It makes you believe that Han Solo has pulled this epic maneuver off. And then it just hard cuts to his, his speeder just grinding to a halt, uh, stuck in like a really tight alleyway. Um, yeah. and Kira just gives him this look like you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what did what did you think of the Imperial March theme uh, playing oh, for oh, the Join okay. the Empire? <laughs> so I know, so I know we said um, that this was going to be focusing on the positive stuff and stuff we like, okay? But that yeah. just that whole scene that's that's the worst part of the movie for me. I <laughs> I do not like that's and you know you know me you know I find it very hard to criticize Star Wars because I am the most biased yeah. person ever. When it, I've got a fucking Star Wars tattoo, okay. I find that's it true. hard to criticize Star Wars, but just that entire scene. It's not so much the the Imperial March because that's already been done. In um in Star Wars Rebels, there's a there's a parade for Empire Day, the day that the Empire took power, um, and they have a parade on the planet of Lothal. And the music for that is like a a major key version of the Imperial March. So that's not so much what bothers me. It's yeah. it's the name part. The name I really don't like oh, the, the name. Um, who are your people? I have yeah. no people. Han, Han Solo. Solo. It's just, oh, I hate that so much. Like, why could it, it just be his name? Why? Yeah, why? I, I get that. I feel like, if, like you say, if I had to have kind of a main overarching issue with this movie, it would be that every single thing that you've got to know about Han Solo had to be explained. And it, oh, some of it just yeah. didn't. Yeah. Um, the one, the one thing that didn't get explained, which I was quite grateful for, which, to be fair, which I think would have been the easiest thing to explain, uh, was the chin scar. I was quite surprised they didn't go for that if they went for everything else. <laughs> I remember a lot of people talking about that in the lead up to it. They're like, are we going to see how he gets the chin scar? And like, why? He's just got it. Just, does it doesn't, need doesn't to fucking be? matter. <laughs> yeah, it's just a scar. <laughs> it's just it's just a regular scar on a normal guy's chin. Literally, just because Harrison Ford had a scar on his chin, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um obviously we're gonna wrap up pretty soon uh the one thing i did want to mention was that i absolutely love john favreau in this movie i don't oh, know he's any great quick thoughts on he's... I don't know, what, what, did, what did we say his name was again what did, i can't remember uh, rio rio yeah, yeah. I, I think he's good and the the moment where he um he gets shot and he dies and he has that kind of moment to han where he turns around and he says um uh don't uh, don't, die, don't alone. die alone yeah yeah and and again in the movie kind of uh, I, it's when they're kind of sat around a campfire um, and there's the really lovely moment that I really enjoyed um, was the Han doesn't know if Chewie's saying tribe or family and um, I think it's Woody Harrelson or Rio I can't remember exactly who delivers the line where they say what's the difference I thought that was really really cool that is a really cute line I do like that again I'm not sure which one it is either but I think it's Rio um, but <laughs> I love the way he says Wookiee like whoa is that a Wookiee oh yeah <laughs> yeah he doesn't know how to pronounce it <laughs> You will never have a more comfortable sleep than in the lap of a Wookiee. It's true. And and also, I noticed that after that line, that's the exact moment that um, Woody Harrelson's character pulls the ship down to go and get them. So watching it, obviously I know he's got other intentions, but watching it <laughs> makes it really look like um, 
uh, Woody Harrelson's really interested in having a nap in Chewbacca's lap. <laughs> uh, which I, mean, I, I can't really blame him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be cosy. Um, I think I, I've said all I've kind of wanted to say about it. One, one last thing, thing uh, I do want to bring up, just quick thoughts on uh, Darth Maul. Um, I, again, I can't, I'm not the best person to comment on it because I don't know about too much into the Crimson Dawn subplot. I don't know how much he needed to be there. I, I don't mind it. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's a cool inclusion. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, the main, the main issue I had with it was the igniting of the lightsaber just to say, yeah. look, I'm, it, and it was, it served two purposes. It was to, for the people that knew who Darth Maul was, um, it was look how threatening I am. And for the people that didn't, because he hasn't been seen in a movie. I know he's in the Clone Wars and everything, but he hasn't been seen in a mainstream movie um, since when did um, when did Phantom Menace come out? Ninety nine, Phantom Menace, yeah. Um, so it, it was probably to refresh people's minds and go, he was the cool guy that with the double lightsaber. You're you're exactly right. That's exactly what it was. The lightsaber was a hundred percent just to say, look at me, I'm Darth Maul. Remember this? I did this in Phantom <laughs> Menace. It's a hundred percent what it was. Um, but so, I, yeah, I don't it mind was, it. I don't mind it, it. Yeah, it was very heavy-handed, but at the same time, I liked it just because I love the character of Darth Maul. Um, a lot of people usually agree that he is one of the better aspects of the Phantom Menace. Um, yeah, even though he doesn't say many lines, it's just Peter Serafinowicz, um with that one line, and then Ray Park just flipping about for two hours, and it's great. <laughs> it works. Um, it is but then. In the Clone Wars, obviously, he got fleshed out more. Um, they gave him a really good story and everything like that. So it is really good to see him again. Um, I just hope... I'm not sure how, how much they can do with it now um, because Ray Park likes to put his dick on Instagram. But um, Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, w- it would just be nice to see where that goes and see something of it. And I think there has <laughs> been rumors about it, but who knows? I, I'd just like to see that be taken somewhere. With Amelia Clark as well, because I I did like Amelia Clark in this movie. She was good. I um I yeah, I enjoyed her. She served I think she she was definitely written to have a purpose. Um yeah. and she wasn't she wasn't the most fleshed out character, but she she's a talented actress and she kind of did uh it, it I in my opinion it was a, a bit of a weak part, but I think she brought a lot more life and kind of soul to that part. Um which in you know, if played by someone less talented, I think could have been a bit one note. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed her inclusion. Um, there was talk of uh, I don't know if this is still a thing, um, but he is uh, the actor Alden uh, something right. Iron right. <laughs> uh, that's it. Is um, actually contractually obliga- obligated to uh, appear two more times. Uh, no, yeah, obviously that's, that's only if Disney greenlight the movie. Do you want to yeah. see it again? Uh, that so first of all, the fact that he's contractually uh, obligated—that's nothing to get excited about, really. That's just yeah. something Disney do for in for essentially insurance purposes. They did it with all the cast of Rogue One as well, so it's just in case in yeah. case they do have an idea, they can just get them back. That's literally all it is. Um, oh yeah, no, I know. But talking yeah. as a, as from a fan standpoint, is it is it? Is there an adventure that you'd like to see? A hundred percent, yeah. A hundred percent. I would absolutely be on board for that. I'm fully on board for any kind of Solo 2 or anything like that. I don't think that's what they'll do. I think they'll, if they did uh, be some kind of Disney Plus limited series or something, but I'd still, even with that, I'd be fully on board for it. Alden Ironreich was was great in that movie, and and I really would love to see 
and more of them all really Amelia Lando um Donald Glover uh maybe not Tobias maybe not Woody Harrelson but <laughs> well he's he's dead now anyway so yeah yeah um, that's true yeah, I, yeah. I, I like it. I th- I think I'd I'd enjoy to see another one. The only thing I'd say is I'd really want there to be a story worth telling. Um, I think they kind of tripped themselves over in this movie to where they they there was a good story worth telling, but they didn't leave much to the imagination of the past of Han Solo. Would um, you Would you like some sort of um, because Mandalorian two is coming out soon, and it sounds like we may be getting Boba Fett in that would you like yeah. some kind of story about the the relationship and history between han and boba um i i i'd be interested in that like you say i don't i don't know if that could fill a whole movie so um before well long before this movie came out when uh, josh trank was actually going to do the boba fett movie there oh, was God, years ago years ago yeah the plan was that there was going to be uh, a scene in the boba fett movie which would, or, and that exact same scene would be in the Han Solo movie, um, just from a different perspective, essentially. And okay. it was going to be some sort of meeting. Uh, d- no idea what going to happen, but some sort of meeting of those two characters, which could have been cool, uh, just obviously didn't pan out that way. Yeah, I mean, if it was directed by Joss Trank, I, I, I don't see it being cool. <laughs> but uh, but handled handled well, yeah. I'd like I'd like to see it. I think all of these characters have kind of got. There's there's more to be done with them, uh, but I think Disney would have to take a long time figuring out what what it is that they'd want to do with them. That's uh, but no, I'd I'd like to see the performances again, definitely. Perfect. Uh, do we have any kind of? This is the first one, so do we have any sort of rating system on this podcast? Do we? We can we can have a rating system. We're, we're deciding this quite off the fly. Um, we really are. <laughs> um, so, how happy of a pod was this movie for you, Lawrence? Oh, you're putting me in the hot seat. Okay. Um, for me, this was uh, a chuffed pod. I <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. it. It brought a smile um, to my face. Um, and I, I had an all-round good time. Very good. Very good. I see what you're saying. Um, for me, this was a, uh excited pod. Really enjoyed it. Had a good time with it. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, if anything, what comes next. Okay, lovely, lovely stuff. So there we go. So that was uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, I have no idea how this is going to go in the future or how this is going to wrap it up. I guess we'll see. Uh, but yeah, anything else you want to say, Lawrence? Uh, I'm, I've said all I needed to say about the movie. Uh, with regards to the pod, I too have no idea how it's going to go in the future. Um <laughs> And just know that both mine and Nathan's previous statements have just been worthless. They didn't tell you anything. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. (laughs) There we go. Basically, we both liked it. Um, Yes. So what I'll say is thank you for listening, if in fact you did. Um, This is possibly on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. So if you're watching this on one platform and you prefer another, feel free to switch over. Um, it'll be somewhere and if you liked it consider rating it five stars and leaving a review or whatever that would help us out maybe I don't know yeah don't don't give it bad reviews that wouldn't be nice that will, that will tank us uh, anyway yeah so that was that um, we'll see you when we see you another happy pod 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 